Testing, testing. How you guys doing? What's up, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for reaching out to me. Dude, I, I thought you were in the Philippines. Wait, did you like just come back? I got back yesterday or yesterday. I don't know. My timing and jet lag is kind of messed up, but uh, I think okay. I think it's been two days I've been here. I see. Like, <laughs> I, I I just went back to the DMs. It's like, oh, like, can we do like 4.30 your time? And then I realized like, oh, holy shit. Is he out of the country? <laughs> Four thirty a.m. My time. Recording is on. Yeah, no, I spent a solid week over there, so um, I'm back now. Awesome. Um, before we start, is it cool if we record? And yeah. This? Yeah, and is it okay if I record and post on my podcast too? <laughs> yeah, sure. Awesome. All right. Sweet. Anyway, let's do it. Cool. How can I provide recording you guys any value? Stopped. Oh, sorry. What do you say? How can I provide you guys some value? Um, recording is on. Well, I guess I'll give like. A little bit of an intro. So, this isn't actually the first time that we've talked together, Nico. Like maybe one or two years ago, I was on a Discord with you, and you chatted through some stuff with me. I don't exactly remember what, but it had to do with something that you were doing to help, like set up freestyle session. Maybe like one or two years ago with Cross.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like about a year or two ago, I was kind of setting out on a mission to. Create like a little hub for breakers in the community to access if they want like any type of like business advice、mm-hmm. or just like any kind of direction for like projects that they have. Because I realized that a lot of people in our community have like so many great ideas, but when it comes to like execution and like actually how to move forward, that seems to be like an area where we lack like a lot of basically like free resources. Like I'm sure there's there's a ton of people in our community that have that kind of knowledge, but it's like. You kind of have to know that person, or like、mm-hmm. know that they possess that kind of knowledge to actually be able to access it. So, yeah, what what I'm trying to do here is basically make that knowledge like open source. Like, if anybody has like any general questions that they want to have about like starting a business, starting a project within the breaking scene, they're they aren't left at like ground zero with like absolutely no idea what to do. Like, at least there's like some kind of like advice or like blueprint that I can follow. So. Yeah, I guess that that's like kind of like a little bit of an introduction. But where where I was really interested in where you came in is that knowing that the background that you have. So Johan and I were talking about this earlier, but like to me, you're kind of like the embodiment of like a human cheat code because I don't understand how you dance at such a high level and then also like step aside, run seven businesses, and then comes. Condense that into two, two that like are actually like fully functioning. So, yeah, I kind of just wanted to pick your brain about like how the hell do you do all of that, have that mental resilience, and then also like basically sustain yourself through all of that because you know like I work a full time job and I just like do this on a set like this one singular thing like on top of dancing and sometimes I feel like. A bit of burnout, like I can't fathom, like doing、mm-hmm. that seven times over. Like that's just crazy to me. Yeah. Uh. Well, if I had to backtrack prior to we prior to us getting to that, one, I think the mission and objective you have of building this open source asset and opportunity for everyone, I think that's a beautiful thing. So thank you for your contribution to the community and having that aspiration to begin with.、Um, it takes, I would imagine that it takes a lot of. Digging within yourself, and recognizing where you are on your path, to get to a point where you reach some level of frustration. That it's like, how come 
no one told me this. How come, like, I'm walking into this dancing or I'm walking into this adulting thing and I, how come no one told me this? How come the academic system didn't tell me this? Um, yeah. And for you to take that level of empathy and take it a step further and have an ambition to start a project to help other people that have help other people that have that frustration, big props to you. Like I give you, like I'm giving you flowers, like for real. That that really mixes well with my narrative because I appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. As you mentioned, like the seven businesses that I've ran and condensed it down to two, and then still trying to you know, participate and play the game at the highest level possible. It's very challenging. It's really hard. But I also know that there's other high performers that have kids. There's other high performers that have family with special needs and they need to take care of them. And there's so many other circumstances that people have a lot on their plates and they're still extremely high performers. So yeah, thank you for acknowledging me and thank you for acknowledging that. If I'm going to dive right into... How is this even possible? Um, I think it starts with the first mental switch that is a little off course of what us as individual dancers, specifically freestyle dancers, or in the same field as individual breakers. And especially coming from, you know, a foundation where we're always told to be original and that we have to build our own path. I think this mental switch took a long time for me in my business development or entrepreneur journey, and that was that it takes a team. I know when you're rocking it solo and you're trying to build your battle reputation, or if you're not interested in battling and you want to join the commercial industry, join the movie industry, get an agent type of thing, um, a lot of it really feels like freelance. And when you're in that freelance mode, there's a level of survival that you have to put your mindset into. Because how are you going to get, you know, your reputation off the ground? How are you going to get that following? How are you going to get those opportunities if you're waiting on other people, if you're depending on other people? You have to do it by yourself to an extent, right? Um, But the biggest switch that I had to make to be able to get past two businesses, three businesses, is that it takes a team. Um, It takes a team, but if I can go down the enormous list of things I wish I knew as an entrepreneur or as a serial entrepreneur, is yes, it takes a team, but you also have to continue working on your foundation. Your foundation in everything. And you hear that all the time in dance, you hear it all the time in breaking, you hear it all the time in art, right? You can't draw a perfect circle if you don't have the foundation of a curve. You don't have, you know, um, you see the analogy I'm trying to make, you have to have foundation. And I think also age, our age group that we're in that that plays a huge part in the game how old are you conway um 23 you're 23 and johan i'm sorry i didn't introduce myself nice nice to meet you i'm nico nice to meet you as well johan i'm also 24 24 23 and 24 yeah i think just a tangent you guys are on the right path of asking the right questions so much yeah the the first thing i'd probably say is understanding that it takes a team but in partnership of that, you have to continue building your personal foundation. Because if you're depending on other people to get the work done for you, then uh, it, it's it's not going to work. As long as you have people that are working along the same wavelength as you, the same mission, the same objective, um, then it's going to be much easier 
to get from point A to point B versus you have your personal agenda of what your ideal scenario looks like, whether that's a business pulling an X amount of revenue or that's getting a brand to this level of followers or level of engagement. Um, and if your business partner or your teammate or your crewmate has that same vision, no matter what course of action you take, whether it's like a messy move, a sketchy move, or a move that works, then you're going to trust your partner no matter what, no matter what the consequences are, because we all know what that end result is. But if there's some level of our end goals are not the same, then it's going to get messy, whether it's a good move in the beginning or it's a bad move in the beginning. So That makes sense. Has there ever been an instance where you work with somebody either in a breaking scene or like through your businesses, like whatever you've done, um, where like you and your partner or like whoever you're working with start off on the same foot, but like you guys start to diverge in like different goals. Like at that point, when you guys are already that deep, like, yeah, like what, what's your move to kind of like get yourselves aligned to that same goal? Or is it like, do you guys do a split or like, yeah, what, what, what happens in that scenario? From my experience, and this is something that I learned pretty recently in the path of partnerships, partnerships or team building. As you mentioned in that scenario, people's goals change, right? Some people want to become parents. Some people want to keep going the independent route. Some people want to keep building their own business. Some people want to start moving towards like government jobs. And that's okay, right? I think being able to understand that that's a reality, that goals may change, then I think that's already step one. Mm -hmm. And then step two is responsible communication. It's really, really easy. Say you're working on a brand, you're working on a podcast, you're working on a project that you guys may go MIA from each other, right? We all got our own lives. We all got like our romantic significant others, our families, our own breaking paths, our own level of practice. Um, so many pieces to the pie that consume our time. And while we have this one common ground of a project, uh, there may be a point where you may not hear from me for like two weeks, or I may not hear from you for like three weeks, or you go on a trip and then we kind of lose contact for a little bit longer than that. And maybe, and this is speaking from experience, you do get that gut feeling that, oh, we should probably have a check-in meeting. Ugh. Yeah. But then instead, you tend to go a little further and you guys don't speak to each other for another week. And turns out you've met some new characters in your life in the meantime, new potential projects that come across, or someone gets pregnant, right? Or, you know, some new scenario or new, uh, new, I guess, destination pops up. And then everyone's intentions start to change. Which per point one, it's like, that's a reality. These things may change, goals may change, destinations may change. But if you're okay with that and you understand that reality, then cool. But number two, if you don't maintain responsible communication, and when I say responsible, it's like, uh, I know we should have a check-in. I know we should have that damn meeting. I don't really want to, but you know you should. And in my personal experience, I've gone that route of not fulfilling that responsible communication and it's backlashed. It's backlashed multiple times to where like multiple companies that we mentioned out of these seven start to spiral down or uh, a partnership just starts to fade out, right? People need as much as you on the path, 
like yourself, you know how consistent you are. You know how dedicated you are to the craft. People experience so many different things in life that if they're not often checked in with, as tedious as it is, some people enjoy checking in with each other. But for people like me, I'd rather just dive in right into the task. I'd rather tunnel vision because I know at the end of the day, I'm not going to be done breaking. I love practicing, right? If the Olympic topic doesn't work out for me for 2024, I'm focusing on 2028, right? If I'm not battling at the next Red Bull or XYZ or whatever event, I don't really care. Like, that's fine. I'm going to keep breaking. My mission at the end goal doesn't change, but I should keep in touch with all the parties associated with each project because you never know when something's going to die out. Because say you guys do have that catch-up, finally, because of a bad scenario, right? There's a money issue. We find out that someone's stealing at one of the stores, right? Or something happens where our POS, like our register online system dashboard gets hacked and we lose revenue. And it's like, oh shit, we haven't talked to each other in the last like month. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what you experienced. And there's investigations. But I think you get the point of it, right? If you don't yeah. maintain those two points of one, understanding the reality that people's intentions and goals may change and having peace of mind that that's okay cool you're set and number two maintaining responsible communication and having regular check-ins that's a skill in itself that you have to develop that i wish i developed earlier and that i wish someone whether it's like listening to a podcast like this told me that dude you have to maintain your check-ins as much as you don't want to you have to and if there's anything just a little bonus to this if there's anything that does not feel good in your entrepreneur or your creative or your project management gut, in your intuition, you have to mention it right away or else it's going to backlash. Because if you start to feel some level of resentment, the other person might not even know, right? And it can be an easy fix or vice versa. The other person may not have enough guts or may not feel comfortable enough to open that can of worms with you and they might feel resentful of you. So, yeah, responsible communication, man. It's like one of those things where it's like, ugh, I don't want to, (laughs) but you know you have to, right? If I'm going to practice air flares, it's like, I know I should be doing, like, rotating handstands, or I should be doing Nike freezes and pikes, but just getting right into it's fun, right? I just want to start throwing stuff, but then if I don't do that responsible thing, like all the foundation leading to it, then I can get hurt, and then that's three days I don't get to practice, and then that's cramming close to a competition, and you can see that it can snowball. So uh, me and my crew, we say that responsible is sexy, or simple is sexy, right? (laughs) Or boring is sexy. Um, Just got to do it. (laughs) Man, foundation is everywhere. It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, like, so I've just been hearing you, like, speak over like the last five ten minutes and like one thing that i'm noticing is that like despite all the things you're talking about like there's some level of like you know across like the multiple things that are happening right like maybe like a pos system gets hacked somebody's stealing money from a register um i don't know like even you know if it is the reality that somebody is trying to move on like this path in their life right like they're trying to set up a life for themselves where like they want to work like a government job like you some people might consider those like setbacks so like i'm very curious like you having gone through multiple different businesses, multiple different ventures, like, is there anything special do you think that you have in terms of like your mindset of like mental resilience to keep on going forward? Like, 
for a lot of people like myself included, if I face like that many setbacks, it could feel so discouraging to the point that like I want to quit. So like my question really is like, how do you find that within yourself to keep on going and to internalize it as like a learning lesson instead of just like moping about it for like yeah. forever? Yeah, dude, I, w- I wouldn't be able to articulate this answer if it wasn't for the people on my team or if it wasn't for my significant other and in the case that I was single because there's plenty of entrepreneurs and creatives that are single that don't have uh, don't have partners like mine where they can keep you on your toes uh, keep you accountable and you kind of are rocking it solo dolo I think identifying what that core feeling is of what your success scenario looks like some people may be able to articulate and distinguish that all right my financial goal or my life goal is not to only have financial security but i want financial freedom and some people might have higher financial ambitions of i don't want just financial freedom and financial security i want financial abundance right you can listen to one of tony robbins books and he talks about distinguishing those three things and i think there's more tiers to it but it starts with financial security and goes to financial freedom and goes to financial abundance where you pretty much the charity guy at that point, the affluent guy. Um, Whatever that core feeling of your success, of your success scenario looks like, I think that's a good meter or metric of, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but this is where I want to be. And wherever that destination is, whether I go through X amount of challenges or obstacles or doors closed on my face, rejections, losses, um how how much are you willing to fight for that um and when things do like when shit does hit the fan and you do go through more losses right um you get your first lawsuit you get uh your first uh, bad review on your service that you provide when it was i don't know uh, something that you did on accident or it was a miscommunication or someone just really didn't like you you know and they're just going on a rampage on your page for whatever the case is. In order for you to identify and distinguish what that successful end scenario looks like for you, I think going back to the foundation thing, one of the requirements or prerequisites of getting closer to that part of the path isn't so much the work that you're putting in into your craft, but it's also all the things in peripheral in your periphery that you can establish as foundation. And that's things like your circle of friends. That's things like um, the systems that you set up around your lifestyle, right? The kind of uh, commute that you take, the kind of car that you take, the kind of media and content you like, you tend to consume, right? The ones that you lean into. However you craft your world, those are gonna be all the building blocks to you getting to that place of success. Um, because if, you keep getting rejections or you keep hitting obstacles along the way. One of those seeds that you've planted along the way, whether it's like a solid group of friends that support your dream, then say you start getting those rejections, your group of friends can help you out, right? Um, If there's something going on with your group of friends and your routine's all messed up, then you can always lean onto the routine and foundation you've laid out for yourself, right? If you need something that's going to help you out and breaking is that routine or dance is that routine, then lean on to that and that can help you get back to a rational point of mind. Um, 
So I hope that answers your question of how do I maintain that level of mental resilience? But yeah, I think I've found in recent times when, I, to be transparent, I kind of told you the story already, but in quarter, quarter two to pretty much quarter four of 2022, mm-hmm. um, one of my companies first started with getting hacked um, on our dashboard, our point of sale system. And there was a considerable amount of money that was being pulled in. You can already imagine if we have like six to eight employees that are working part-time to full-time. So they're already anticipating that kind of money to go into their bank accounts individually. And we have three business facilities or three locations that are paying for its own rent, its own utilities. It's paying its own taxes. Um... You can think of the investments that we're putting that money into. So there's a lot of expenses and bills that are already anticipated. Basically, after getting hacked, um, we lose two months of reliable income. And in the things that I wish I knew as an entrepreneur is if you don't have that safety net of money um, and shit hits the fan, shit is really going to hit the fan really hard and you're going to have to pay consequences for it. Um, So foundation is everything. Um, that makes sense so this is kind of well this is like a pretty good segue to what i heard you talk about when you're talking to boogie about like creating that class where um i've actually talked to a few people like this too and like also i definitely was like one of these people where like definitely like the dream in the beginning was like i don't need a sustainable income i'm going to make like whatever side project i'm doing into a full-time project and that's going to somehow like be able to sustain myself like financially long term so like you kind of say fuck it to the safety net and you just kind of go all in and you go like full artist, like you said, like, yeah, what are the dangers that you would espouse of like going full time as an artist instead of like having like those like seeds of like safety nets or like building like that kind of like foundation for yourself? Like, is this like a personal experience that you've gone through yourself or like um, you've seen other people fall into? Yeah, um, I'm glad that you asked that because... I haven't been on a podcast since 2019, since 2020, when I was going full-time artist. And you can hear my script at the time uh, from 2018 podcast to that period of me saying, fuck it, I'm dropping out of school. I'm doing the impractical thing. Um, I'm not going to have a plan B. My plan A is to get to this destination and I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Um, And now I'm kind of on the side where it's like, yeah, the the sexy thing and the res- the sexy thing is the responsible thing. Um but does that mean I regret going all out? Absolutely not. I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't have been able to build up to seven different brands or companies um if it wasn't for going all out. I wouldn't be able to battle through and have that level of resilience if I didn't go all out. And The dangers of what can happen in this scenario is if you go all out, then, and your business fails, then your business fails, right? I've gone through seven brands in the last three years and I've condensed it down into two, but that doesn't account for the four to five other brands that I did throughout college that didn't make it within that seven brands in three years mark, right? I think what I'm trying to get at is if you're like under 40 years old, and you can hear this in Gary V content, I, dr- I, 
I get a lot of my business tactics and develop and am able to articulate a lot of where I'm at through the content that he puts out. And it's really, if you're under 40 years old, you don't have kids, you don't have extremely important um, expenses and liabilities hanging from you or depending on you, then you can take risks and you can still mess up. Um, if you're in your 20s, and I'm 27, going to turn 28 next year, I still feel like a baby. I still feel like I'm 16 years old. And yes, I have multiple businesses. Yes, I have a dog and I have family that's like kind of depending on the output of work that I put in to get X amount of results. So we can all make sure we have roofs over our heads to make sure that all our basic needs are met. But dude, we are young. We can take risks. And I think as long as, I don't even think it's an age group thing. As long as you can still meet your basic needs, take as many risks as possible because you won't be able to know what works and what doesn't. The amount of stability and consistency I've been able to gain after failing at five plus companies built and brands developed, then I wouldn't have been able to find these two that are working, right? Um, if I wasn't aggressive about it, then I wouldn't find this opportunity to make that responsible decision. So, and it kind of falls into like breaking and dance. Um, I remember there was a time when I would battle or I would prepare for battles. And that's already a statement in itself. I would prepare for battles. But I live the lifestyle now of I don't prepare for battles. I'm just always practicing. Right? The moment you prepare for performances and you prepare for battles and you pre prepare for these moments, that sets you up in a game that's really, really scary to play. Because if you think about all the variables that exist, there's so many that are out of your control. So many battles that I trained for throughout high school and throughout college before I dropped out and throughout my mid-20s where I said, this is the battle where I'm going to change everything for myself. I'm going to train super hard for this competition. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to spend X amount of hours doing these drills every single day. And you get to the competition, hardest you've ever trained in your life, and you don't pass prelims. You know? Or... You missed the battle because you were in the grocery store. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think jumping back to the main topic of taking risks and being okay with taking risks. Uh, yeah. If you don't have a lot of liabilities hanging under you, you're in a really good winning game where your risk tolerance should be really high. Because you're not going to be able to find that thing that's going to provide you that scenario of what is the responsible decision here. Um, because you still need to find that thing. So I'm happy about the way I played the game. Uh, there were plenty of parts where I figuratively got punched in the face and my money was stolen. And I got punched in the face because of mistakes that I made. People that I've hurt without intending to, you know. Um and it's i'm glad that i became a better entrepreneur a better breaker a better artist and a better man after making these level of result of after making this quantity of 
learning lessons. I was going to say mistakes, but really learning lessons. And I hope That's that can interesting be- to hear that like, yeah, like going full artist wasn't like, um, I, I was always under the impression that like, yeah, if you go full artist, like shit is really going to hit the fan because like you don't have that layer of security. But I, yeah, I also agree with like the idea that like the less responsibility you have to other people, like in terms of like having to take care of like a family, mm-hmm. like stuff like that, like you definitely should be taking more risks. So like, yeah, when, when you mentioned like you learned a lot of things from going full artist and you don't regret it at all. And that has what eventually led to you like running all of these businesses and condensing it into like, are these lessons different from any of the ones that like, you spoke on already? Like responsible communication and foundation or like, are, were those like the main lessons? Those are some pretty core ones that have pretty bad consequences. Um, doing the responsible thing, doing it as fast as you can and listening to your gut. Um, if something doesn't sit well with you and it doesn't align with whatever values you have established with yourself or values that you're starting to develop for yourself, if it doesn't sit well with that, then you really got to assess it as soon as possible. Um, take so a, just don't run away from the problem. You're like confront it. Yeah, as ugly as and uncomfortable as it may be, you have to have that conversation. Because you're just like one move away from finding peace of mind, not only for you, but for everyone. Because if they know that you no longer want to be a part of this project, and it's like, oh, okay, then we don't have to waste our time. Let's move on to the next thing. And you can continue mm-hmm. being friends. And you can continue having conversations that won't be awkward. So many times yeah. where it's like, like I mentioned, I've hurt people in projects that I never, ever intended to do so. And people have hurt me. And I, at the end of the day, don't think they were in it to hurt me. I don't think they wanted to harm me or hurt my feelings. Right? They were just trying to make the best decision possible for whatever cards they had. And same thing on my side. But if we just had that conversation that I thought was going to be uncomfortable, then that would have saved our relationship and it would have been a lot better. Um, and now that I've kind of hopped into that habit and mitigating it as fast as possible, uh, a lot of business relationships, a lot of potential relationships I've started developing, they've, been, they've gone amazing because we just got the elephant out of the room or we made it clear that, hey... I'm not in this project for like a transaction right now. I'm in this for the long term. But if you're looking for something short term, then we may want to discontinue this now um, just because our values aren't on the same page. And I've seen that in creative projects related to dance, projects related to video only, biz- like uh, brick and mortar storefront businesses. And yeah, it's that responsible communication. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, on a different topic. So I imagine that like on the path of you, like building up to like these businesses and these brands that you try that may not have succeeded, but like you still want to do them anyway, like got the learning experience. Like I'm assuming that you've done like side gigs on the side. Like, are there any particular like memorable side gigs that you remember, like really gave you like a huge learning lesson or like a huge, like bunch of experience? Hmm. The end result of this story will probably end the same exact way I just described, but I'd say a video project I was working on not too long ago, um, me and one of the directors of videography on this project, we had somewhat similar end result goals for this project. I was looking at 
I look at projects or video projects that I do, whether that's 365 project or any of my other content creating stuff that have a particular theme to it. I don't expect any money out of any of those. Um, my regular posts on Instagram or uh, say, for example, I did another one after the 365 called the, the Through Wall Project, where I laid down 13 different values that I think represent me navigating it, navigating life through all adversities and obstacles. And I would put out daily videos, just breaking compilations, dance compilations, DJ compilations uh, under that hashtag. And I expect no financial return out of those because one, I'm getting a good kick out of it because it provides a lesson to my followers, my community, and provides some level of value and contribution to breaking. And I know breaking is kind of on this direction of the athletic art thing where it's the Olympic topic or your goal is still to make it to Red Bull. Um, and there's still some level of secrecy that people want to maintain and keep their moves for surprise. But I like to do the opposite and I want to show everything. Um, one of my ambitions or one of my values is I want to be as transparent as possible. To one, I know there's someone out there that wishes they learned XYZ earlier on or if I can help diffuse any this particular painful obstacle that someone can go through. So I'm more than happy to share that level of storytelling. And even in like a competitive strategy, if I show you everything, if I show you all my moves, if you know what I look like at my best, then you'll see that I really care if I'm doing this battle with you, right? <laughs> uh, I have nothing to hide. And that's probably one of the biggest, biggest strengths is you know when I'm on and you know when I'm off. And that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, Who's going to be practicing every single day? You know I am because I have the receipts, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't get to physically touch the ground and I'm busy adulting, then you know who's dedicated to the craft. I'm still going to show up, right? No matter how crazy the work schedule is, you can still find me at the next practice. So yeah, I think stepping back from that, I expect no financial return on like my videos, but when I do have a project that will propose something, um, sure, then, then I'll give an ask, but I know I've already established the foundation that with all the jabs I've given, um, by the time I go for a hook, it's gonna make sense, right? If I do ask for financial contribution or something financially, I know it's gonna be a no-brainer because I've given as much value as I humanly can prior to that. But, sorry, stepping back, stepping back. Um, I expect no financial return, but I had a miscommunication, or not miscommunication, our values didn't align with this particular person in the project where they wanted to make money along the way. And I had to communicate as often as I could that, hey, I don't think we can continue this partnership. I don't think we can continue this project because our values are different. I know we kind of have all the same end goal of maybe at the end when we ask for a hook or deploy a hook, then it'll make sense. But as of right now, I don't want money, but this person needs money. Um, I could have avoided that conversation and dodged all the questions, dodged all the calls, dodged the text messages, but that's just not something to do because if they're anticipating yeah. money, dude, that's something you can't mess with. That's someone's time, that's someone's effort. And I don't want to do that to them, especially if they're not getting the return that they want. And if I'm not getting the return that I want, then I don't want to put myself in that scenario any further. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. It always comes back to yeah. responsible communication. Responsible yeah, communication. <laughs> um, I got, I got, I got one more question about like mindset and business, and then I know Johan has like a ton of questions about yeah. breaking. Yeah, yeah. But the last one that I have is, well, it's kind of a broad question, so I don't know if there's like a great answer towards this, but like for the people in the breaking scene that are going towards the path of like potentially like planting a seed that will maybe one day like bear fruit in terms of like some kind of like sustainable maybe not sustainable but like a different form of income like within a breaking scene what biggest advice would you give to like those aspiring entrepreneurs in a breaking scene i say find your niche um find your niche and you can listen to a book called 100 million dollar offers by alex hormozzi i just finished that and i've listened to it twice but you pretty much got to come up with the best offer, like the greatest offer possible that people feel stupid saying no. Um, can you find what's on the market, right? What services are available, but how can you be the best on the market for either the cheapest price or can you provide a premium price at an extremely limited rate? Um, yeah, if you can find what you specialize in or lean into the things that you like, the things that you want to specialize in and be the only person that offers that and be untouchable with it, then then you've found a good offer. People want to buy it, and, that, and that's solid. Um, but yeah, I'd probably start with that in finding your niche. Yes, we're in the breaking niche, and that's already so sub, 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 sub category of... A particular genre of music to a particular genre of culture to dance style to athletic sport to breaking right but then people go even deeper there's b-boy intact's footwork intensive right and he teaches you all the specialties of footwork and it's not just like general footwork it's advanced footwork right mm. that guy's found his niche he can charge 900 euros and if i'm looking for the best footwork yo and i'm in breaking for the rest of my life I'll spend 900 euros on footwork, you know, to get the best footwork I possibly can for my desired results, right? Um, There's people with coaching programs where it's, there's something for this particular kid. It may not be general kid that goes to elementary school in the daytime and is b-boy by nighttime, but maybe a kid that has extracurricular activities like violin. They also have American football and they also have breaking. How are they possibly going to fit that? But there's someone that specializes in understanding that there are kids with those level of skill sets, those those high capacity routines that need breaking at this level, and they can charge a premium for that. So I think finding your niche and finding your specific thing, or breakers that want to start a podcast and build a hub, um, and then it's you're going beyond just going from direct to consumer, right? Going straight to your audience member, but you're providing a service that can help other breakers develop the best podcast that can get xyz results whether that's financial return or that's like engagement return or that's getting followers whatever the case is but starting with finding your niche and finding the thing that you want to specialize in and being the only person that specializes in that at a stupidly good rate people can't say no um so i'd probably start with it i I lied about this being the last question because now i'm super (laughs) yeah um okay this was the last one, but so yeah, if somebody does figure out that niche and they have like that vision for like what they want in the future, what do you think is like the best balance between 
um, like executing that vision and like tangibly going towards that goal, but also not falling in that dangerous trap of like um, the end result is the only thing that matters. And if I don't see anything like tangible popping up, then like I'm going to give up. Mm, if you don't see it going anywhere, right? Yeah. I think we are very complex humans with a lot of interests. So I think the responsible thing is to plant your seeds in other places. And that may not just be make sure you have a stable job at the same time or make sure you get your degree at the same time because I didn't get my degree. Um, But planting your seeds as in if becoming the number one podcast for breakers trying to build the ultimate podcast right (laughs) specialize in power move theory or footwork theory or being a community leader theory right those niches on niches on niches in addition to that if this doesn't work out when is when and where is my metric of risk mitigation how much can i risk it all for this or when should i throw in the towel um i think going back to the complex humans thing I think we have a lot of interests and curiosities. So as long it goes back to taking risks, right? Um, if you don't have a lot of liabilities and expenses that you have to take care of, then broke. Go for it. Go as far as you can. And if it's not making any return right now, then establish a system that can expect to reach this certain goal, right? Map it out. Are you thinking you want this return within three months? Or do you want it as of yesterday? Or do you want it three years from now? If three years from now, then you can really lay out all the proper steps to becoming the ultimate number one podcaster for breakers that have a subsection of footwork theory, power move theory, and how to be a community leader in the breaking space theory. And plus, if we're going three years from now, we'll already pass or approach the 2028 Paris Olymp- or I mean Los Angeles Olympic Games. And you have plenty of time to set it out ready for those next podcasters. If you're thinking you need this return as of yesterday, then your expectations are not going to be met. You'll go through a mental breakdown. You'll be really sad that you didn't meet that metric. Um, So I think establishing a realistic end result and then mapping it out on how to get there is probably the appropriate thing. Um, If it's three years out from now of where this goal is supposed to be, then you can establish other things in place to make sure you can still meet that. If I want this thing to go all out and focus on that end result by year three, I probably need to get some other side gigs along the way so I can continue nurturing and watering that bamboo. I think you see what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. If I can condense like everything I've learned so far, sexy is a responsible thing, but don't be afraid to take risks if you can take them. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And everyone's metric or risk mitigation, their risk tolerance is really, really different. And that's usually based on the liabilities and responsibilities they have. Yeah. And also trauma plays into that too. If they've been burned and if they've been scarred in business relationships and they haven't done the proper healing to, you know, move forward from that, or some areas really sting and some areas that they don't really want to touch on anymore, um, yeah, people's risk tolerance may be entirely different. That makes sense. All right, Johan, you have like a ton of breaking questions. This is the man to ask. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank you. If you don't mind, first, I wanted to give you some flowers. I think the first time I remembered seeing you on social media was the biggest and baddest photo compilation competition. I believe you won third doing a hollow back. Yo, okay. Wow. You, I don't know when that would be, but that's when I remember first seeing you. And I just want to say, since that day, I thought you've been fresh. And shout out to you. And I believe I've seen you in Uncomfortably Fresh in California. And I saw you also at uh, Doom Room, Battling Eugene at the exhibition. Yo. And it was really dope. So I just want to say shout out to you. Keep killing it. Um, but my first question I wanted to thank ask you. was... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm thank honored. You. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's been my honor as well to witness uh, greatness. But... Uh, I wanted to ask first of all, um, how long have you been dancing, and uh, what has, what is the reason or what keeps you dancing throughout this time at 27 to 28 years of life? Mm. Uh, I've been breaking for almost 15 years. It'll be 15 in September of this year. I'm a YouTube generation b boy, and <laughs> YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, the motivation for me to continue breaking after these years is, I'm still curious on what's on the other side. I'm still very, very curious. It, the crunity side of it keeps me going, knowing that I have brothers and sisters, chosen brothers and sisters in this game that are still curious to get their goals, to reach their objectives. So I want to make sure that they win. I want to make sure that they reach those things. And I know they wish the same thing for me. Um, breaking continues to tap into my curiosity not only for the events and for the opportunities that exist, but I still have the bug. When I hear music, when I see other people bugging out, when um, I find myself alone or I'm traveling or I'm working, everything still relates to how I would process this as a breaker. Um, I can, I've grown and I've seen businesses spiral down and I've seen some blossom in beautiful ways and I've gotten like some great financial returns from those I've had lost everything but at the end of the day I'd still be breaking I'd still rather go to practice um I guess adding one more to that I've hit some of my bucket list goals as a competitive breaker I've done the BC1 thing um I've gone to IBE and I've gone to international competitions and I've seen some of my heroes on the other side as opponents and in those instances i've always gotten this weird flash that yo i'm i'm doing it like this is i'm living the breaking life right now and i gotta wash dishes at the cafe afterwards and i'd still be practicing after this like i'm doing the flashy things but i'd honestly rather be training by myself and training with my crew after so, yeah, it still begs for my curiosity, and it's still really fun. So that's why I'm still in it. It's really good to hear. Yeah, I can I can tell that you still have the plug, the bug, and glad to hear that we the future looks bright. I also wanted to ask, what does your headspace look like when you dance? And also, um, I guess for those who are potentially modifying their headspace when they dance in the space they exist in, would you offer any advice to them as well? Yeah. Um, I think establishing some context on where my headspace is in relation to dance is that it's relatively had the same theme of all right, I'm here, this is my this is my safe place of being present. This is my place where it's familiar, but there's still so many opportunities of unknown, whether that's coming up with a new footwork pattern 
or that's finding a new power move and trick sequence um, or that's training for the next competition and I don't know what the result is going to be. Am I not going to pass prelims or am I going to make it to the finals or am I going to win, right? Am I going to get a tiebreaker? It's, there's still so many familiar things in my craft of breaking, but I know that there's plenty of unknowns and I think that's where I find peace and that's where I find that sense of adventure. Um, it's evolved in ways where I've gone through stages of I'm going to be a competitive b-boy full-time and I'm going to depend on this battle for me to win and make rent. I'm going to depend on this battle for me to win and pay for my family's Christmas presents or, you know, um, pay for my next meal. And I've gone through phases of, you know, this is, this is just my place to relax and this is just my place to be me. And I've gone through places of, I need to let my anger out. Like, this was a really rough and stressful work day that I just need something to channel that I know I'm really good at. So I'm just going to break really, really hard and I'm going to keep going. Um, and it's also been my place of familiarity. Um, if everything in the workplace and business feels like it's up in the air, and I understand that business is just full of processes, I wish business transactions and business tasks could just be eliminated after a 30-minute, 20-minute session of just working on it deliberately, and it's off the list. That's unfortunately not the reality. Everything's a process, and you have to follow it from beginning to end, or else it's going to backlash, just like responsible communication. And breaking was just always there because I know what <laughs> is inside, and I know what I can open up. So, yeah, breaking's just that jam for me. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. I, 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 got, I got a follow-up question. Yeah, So. Go. When I break, when I'm fucking angry, I crash everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, like, do you dance better when you're angry, or like, what's, yeah, like, what's like the best mental space for you where you're able to like create the most and like be like consistent? Establish systems and processes. Because I think when we associate deploying anger into breaking, you want to dance frustrated, you want to dance aggressively, you want to dance hard, but what in reality does that look like? Are you just kind of like flailing around aggressively for a 30 to 45 second round? Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think if you were to use that productively, I follow like my warm up routine or I have like my routine that I follow leading into power moves. The responsible things to do, cartwheels first, Make sure my legs are ready. Make sure my core is ready. My shoulders are warmed up. So I'll do either like a resistance band routine or if it's like a weight training day, then I'll replace resistance bands with weights. Or if it's just body weight, then I'll just do some basic ballistic stretching. Um, but I have to follow the process. I'll follow the process with anger. Um, but as long as I'm following the routine from point A to point B or from beginning to end of that sequence of tasks that have to be completed, then I know my power moves are going to feel great. And I can deploy that level of anger into this assignment. Because um, I've done the same thing. Like, it, that was me throughout high school. Of, Man, like, this guy was hitting on my girlfriend at school. And, or, like, <laughs> I don't know if my high school girlfriend's, like, liking this guy. And it's just my insecurity to begin with. And I'm just going to go to practice fucking pissed. Yeah, I'm going to battle this shadow as if it's, like, the other guy. Fuck you. 
<laughs> and you just go ham at practice, but you're just really flailing and rolling around the ground for like a yeah, minute. Today's the day I'm going to hit a one-handed air flare. Yeah, then you just get hurt. <laughs> no, if you have systems and processes in place, whatever emotion that you're going through um, and you deploy that into those systems, then you know the end result is going to be satisfaction. <laughs> So you said you had system and processes. Um, I was going to ask also, is there anything specific that you do to stay away from getting injured or any specific systems and processes that you implemented in order to avoid getting injured or maybe getting to the point in the practice when you would injure yourself or you yeah. notice that you're being prone to? Uh, it came to the realization of, uh, I guess, maybe in recent years, realization of understanding what the demand is that we're asking for our body to perform? Or what is the demand that we're pretty much proposing to our body? If we'll take footwork, for example, just generally doing footwork, sweeps, steps, leg work, um, threads, any of that category of being on the floor, there's gonna be a level of demand on our wrists, right? Maybe different for some people. Some people do their footwork on their inner knuckles. Some people do it flat on their hand. Some people have that interesting tendency of doing it on their fingertips like this, or some people do their footwork like this, right? And there's another demand, and that's like getting into that squat or that breaker squat where we're on our tippy toes. We're not flat-footed, but we're on our, the balls of our feet, right? There's a demand on our kneecaps. There's a demand on our back on how we're hunched over or we're sitting tall, right? Taking those demands into consideration how can we warm those up properly? Is doing power squats going to supply that demand safely? Is curling weights going to supply that demand? Probably not. You'll supply the de- you'll supply like some biceps and your butt muscles, your glutes. But is that going to supply the health of your knees? Right? I used to have this misconception and I would do it so guiltily that all right, if I like obliterate my arms in this push-up circuit, power moves will be better right or if i work on these squats and these lunges till exhaustion is my top rock going to be better clearly not right so i think the thing that has helped me prevented and mitigate and recover from injuries is truly understanding what is the demand we're inflicting on our bodies what's the demand identifying what that demand is and doing our best to supply right if we're talking hand hops now, right? Hand hops that are the foundation for things like hopping air flares or transitioning from like one hand to your forearm down to air chair. You need to have that pump. It's mandatory. If you don't have that pump, what are you going to do? Flail up, flail down and crash and burn. Um, the demand in this hand hop example is our wrist. It's our shoulder. What's surrounding our shoulder to prepare us for success in executing these hand hops? Yeah, it's probably your core. You got to warm up whatever you define your core to be. Um, it's probably not just your shoulder. It's your lateral muscle. This area of your body is often not considered, right? So how can we best get mobility in that? Not just pressing with a weight, not just pulling with a really tense rubber band, um, but how can we get that part of your body engaged? How, we can, how can we safely get it warmed up and one of my pain management coach, my pain management coach, George Anthony from Brainstorm Fitness here in San Diego, he, uh, he says, you got to ask nicely. Instead of loading it with tons of weight, we definitely need to ask nicely. 
and then we'll be able to enter that door and then we'll start exploring the opportunity of what this hand hop has to offer then we can strengthen it we can recover it but yeah understanding what the demand is and putting an action plan to supply it that's what has been my method of pain management or recovering from pain or yes i hope that answers your question thank you very much i like uh, the I, I, have a, I have a quick follow-up to this Let's go. but um so <laughs> i have like this really funny mental image like so there's like this one move that you do where it's like you're in a handstand you clap and you just go like straight into an air chair yeah how the hell do you have like systems and processes like go in like how did you build up to that move because i cannot yeah. imagine, like you like gradually learn it's like oh i'm gonna clap slowly ease into your air chair like it, it, that just seems like one of those moves you're like fuck it i'm gonna send it oh i hit it once i'm gonna just do it over yeah. and over again yeah actually how did you learn that move like what was the first time you hit that move? what did that moment look like first time i hit that move was senior year of high school and i already had a combo in mind and that was a 1990 and drop into an air chair me and my crewmate from uncomfortably fresh jimmy were going through our crazy air chair phase of high schoolers and trying to think of the craziest drops and blow-ups we possibly could and to be honest in 1990 the air chair is not the most original thing um but it looks crazy but how can we flip it right he was he was one of the people that helped me come up with that signature i do from a hollow back into that layered folded figure four air baby spin um i was already trying to do hollow backs and i had air babies in mind and he was suggesting why well, you put them together um some particular order then at some point he saw yo try this air baby that you've been practicing so then we just put them together and that's how that was birthed um but it's kind of the same pattern of thought with this 1990 to air chair at first I had a really hard time just doing it all one-handed. I wanted it one-handed, 90 to air chair, no tap. Um, then by mistake, it started turning into 1990. I'm hesitant on getting to the other side, so let's stall on the other hand and then drop to air chair. That seems a little more practical um, instead of just dropping on one. It's just a transfer of both. So I eventually went from that, then another high school friend, his name's Carl from San Diego. He says, dude, you should try clapping. Um, because isolating all the movements in our warm-up trying to be responsible would start with hand hops. B-Boy Beck from Korea and Extreme Crew had the crazy hand hop claps, so that was like, yo, let's just get that as a prerequisite. Like, let's just get it on the regular. Um, and then my friend Carl just saw me trying the usual 1990, transferred to the other hand, and drop. But prior to that, he saw me warming up the handstand claps or the hand hop claps. He was like, put them together! Um, and I was like, all right, give me a week. And <laughs> I got it by the end of that session. And it it really came from isolating each of the movements. It goes back into the same thing of you got to ask nicely. Before we load it, before we drop it at an extreme pace, before we um, blow it up, we have to ask nicely. So starting with the 1990, starting with an air chair drop from standing or from a handstand to air chair, um, and then doing claps on its own, handstand claps on its own, then a hand hop clap, and then, all right, let's put this puzzle together. If it takes a week, if it takes two weeks, if it takes a month, sure, but we're going to work and chip away at this deliberately until we get it. That makes sense. It, it, <laughs> like, from the outside looking in, like, 
if I had if I didn't get any context behind what you just said, like I would not have believed anybody that said like you actually like properly prepared for with that move. Like it just it seriously looks like one of those moves where it's like, fuck it, I'm angry, I'm gonna send it one day. I can hit it. This is like a signature forever now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a nice look. I just wanted to ask, uh, in your 15 years of dancing, is there anything that you learned about yourself and about your life that you learned through the lens of dancing? Mm. What have I learned about my life through the lens of dancing? I'd say that I am a fighter for what I want. Um, and when I say that, I mean... If I find something that I want, it, it sounds very cliche and common, and common, but if I want something, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I, I will get it, but I know that I have a strength in mapping things out and identifying what that, end, that desired end result is going to be. Um, in conversation with business partners and seeing other creatives, I noticed that there are some people that have a hard time on establishing what that end goal is. And sometimes it's, it backfires on me that I think this is the end result. And I just kind of close my mind to anything below that or anything above that. And sometimes I'll limit myself on what this end result will be. But whatever I distinguish what that is, I'll do everything I humanly can to map it out strategically, as practically as I can, thinking of all variables. Um, and there's other backfires that I can imagine that sometimes I fixate too much on mapping it out than just doing the damn thing. You know, when you have research paralysis, you want to start your first Amazon FBA business. Get some passive income, right? You'll map out everything that's required to get that passive income, but then you won't even put in the work to do it, right? Or you'll have this brand idea in mind. You'll map out what it needs to do, the thing that it's going to be specialized and different in, and someone else does it before you, and you're like, mm, instead of just pivoting and doing it anyways or doing it anyways and then pivoting at the end so then you are different than the other person you just never get it done so uh sometimes i'll spend too much time mapping it out but if it is something that falls within my values and falls within the narrative that i've already started painting and the foundation i'm painting as a b-boy as an entrepreneur as a family member then i'll fight for whatever it takes to get there um, so I think that's one thing I've noticed in breaking from, yeah, from breaking to life. I know in my craft of breaking, when it comes to fighting for what I want, I have a recent episode that I went through in the last few months and that was shooting for team Philippines. And this is still in works, but shooting for team Philippines geared to represent for the 2024 Olympic games. I'll start with the current end result and that's i got i conditionally got onto team philippines however there's a wdsf ruling saying that if you don't have your citizenship from the entire qualifying period of the olympic games say from july 2022 until august 2024 then you're not eligible you have to have your passport of that other nationality or dual citizenship from July to end of August 2024. In this scenario, I was able to get that citizenship uh, within that time frame. So regardless of me meeting all the criteria of getting on the team, having all the right paperwork, 
because I got it in the middle of the qualifying series. Um, Team Philippines is off the plate. Uh, for now, right? If that rule still stands, I'm eligible for 2028. So I have four years to train, four years to practice leading to that. So I'm okay with that. Um, but unless I can find some, there's some constitutional right or that rule overturns, then I'm playing for Team Philippines. But other than that, um, it's not on the table. But the part where the fighting thing happens is I went to the Philippine consulate or embassy a total of four times in like a span of three weeks. It's outside of my city of San Diego. So it was taking away from my business time, taking away from my team members or my business partners from having me to help them on the job. So time is money in these scenarios and I'm sacrificing that money to get this citizenship. I get rejected four times at the U.S. consulate or at the Philippine consulate because either one piece of paperwork isn't fulfilled or a faculty member is at the window is rejecting me because they hear my American accent. They, they gatekeep really, really hard over there based on my experience. Um, they say, come back with an invitation letter from the Sports Federation. All right, I come back with that sports invitation. They're like, mm, you need a cosign from like a government official. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll travel to the Philippines. I'll get it done there. I invest in a ticket, expecting no financial return from this. Um, take a risk. Go to the freaking Philippines for the first time in like 11, 11 years. First time as an adult. Go to the Bureau of Immigration. I get there. I show them my paperwork. Show them the invitation letter. Show them everything that I need to get on this team. I'm here to represent the country. I'm here to serve the country. They read my paperwork. They hear my American accent. And they're like, mm, well, it looks like both your parents became Americans before you were born. They were both born in the Philippines. I see the body language change. I get rejected a fourth time. All right. Well, I still have the rest of the trip uh, away from work. So that means that's like six days away from my businesses. Um, time is money. I'm sacrificing time. So how can I still secure this spot? I go to the like one of the qualifying national ranking events. I try to get points. I enter the battle. I pass prelims. All right, we're in. We just got to get first place. I lose in the first round. It's like, all right. Uh, I got declined for the fourth time at immigration. I lost the battle in the first round. Um, what do I do? I find a board member of like the Philippine Dance Sports Federation. I try to build like a relationship. I end up finding somehow like if I I could have quit so much earlier on. This if it feels like a lot of bullshit and. A lot of doors that are getting slammed on my face. Um, one of them say, hey, like, I, I really liked how you were dancing. If you ever need anything, like, just let, let me know. Part of me was like, nah, dude, fuck this, fuck this trip. But you know what? Yeah, um, to be transparent, I want to represent the Philippines. I want to represent the country. But I do need help. The responsible communication, right? Often as creators, we don't want to ask for help because you may feel weak. You may feel... Like, you know, you're devaluing yourself, but asking for help is always good. I do need help. I need help with citizenship. And I've been, as much as I want to represent the country and, you know, be a proud Filipino, I've been getting rejected on these ex-occasions. Hey, oh, I know a congressman. Let's have some lunch. We'll, we'll see what we can do. And if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have that sit down. Sit down with that congressman lunch the following day um and i pretty much 
work my way, ask for help from other uh, Filipinos in the scene on can, how can I represent the country? All right, I'm having issues with this. And he says, okay, well, we'll figure out how we can get you your passport. I'll get these people lined up and we'll make it work. I'm like, what? Okay. Um, then I make it back to the States, then find out that there's a WDSF ruling saying that new rule just came out three weeks later and the thing's off the table. But does that change the direction through all those doors and through all those people and through all that travel and investment and risk that I took in asking for help to ultimately have the project not work out? Do you think I'm not going to make it to practice the next day? I'm still going to go to practice the next day. I'm still going to keep trading, right? If it's not 2024, it's 2028. If it's not 2028, I'll train the next kid. I'm going to train the next person to get that spot, right? Or help someone that can get that spot because I couldn't, and that's fine. I have peace with that. Maybe this isn't in my cards. The Olympic Games is not for me. Or it is for me, and it's just too early. But I'll fight for it. I'll do whatever I can. I'll use my businesses. I'll do whatever investment I can. I'll plant the seed. I'll take the risk. So I'll fight for it. It's beautifully said. Dude, you're fucking built different. I'm, I'm be honest, I can't think of another person after the first round of rejection from the embassy that they would continue to go on like three more times, actually go to the country, and then like compete in like... <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anybody that would have gone beyond like the first step. Like that, that's Thank crazy. you. And I missed a really important one that... Uh, that was a, it. wasn't a re- realization, but it was a huge affirmation on my relationship with my significant other was... After that fourth rejection at the immigration in the Philippines, where I was like, where the fuck am I? I'm in another country. But yeah, let's do it. Um, they said, well, I'm sorry that you can't represent or you're not eligible. However, you can gain citizenship if you give up your American citizenship. But that magic blue book that we as Filipino or Asian Americans have, that is such a privilege that we have. People will fight for their lives to get that passport, work their entire lives to get that magic blue book. And my fiance said, you can give it up and we'll get married after. And then you can claim my citizenship. Just get into the games. So just the whole narrative of like your team is important. Whoever you surround yourself with, like if you're on a team that wants you to win, you're going to win. If you're on a team where you want them to win, they have to win, right? It's kind of like that marine or military value of my brother's keeper if in our circle of friends someone's fucking up and they're losing we're all losing we all have to make sure that we win we all have to make sure that we're good right if i'm messed up then everyone's losing everyone has to win and we have to do whatever's possible to make sure that everyone is up so yeah i'll fight for it (laughs) my family will fight for it my lady will fight for it my friends will fight for it and I know that they can trust that I'll fight for them too. That's like the biggest lesson that you just said that I feel like I need to do a better job of with like the people in my life. I feel like I don't consciously like internalize that we should all be in this together and that we should be supporting each other like actively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think one other thing that I learned on top of that is it's important to, it's great to have that value, 
a lot of people may not be able to articulate that right now, or maybe not until later, or are not about that. Some people may do it subconsciously, some people do it, um, you know, knowingly and voluntarily, but I know I've invested a lot of time into people that I truly wanted them to have success with, but then I would expect something in return. Um, but then the moment that I would start thinking transactionally, then things would start to get dysfunctional because I have an agenda. Like, I want you to succeed, so then my business succeeds, right? Versus genuinely caring that, like, no, I want you to win. I don't want anything in return. I just want you to win. And that has been a game changer. That's been a game changer for me in breaking, specifically. The moment that I really invested my heart into just loving and wanting and yearning for the success of others, then it's given me so much peace of mind as a competitor. It's given me so much peace of mind as someone on the playing field because I'm not worried about the other person, right? If I'm concerned about the success of someone else, I'm not even focusing on my own. That's taking too much energy, right? Even in the business landscape or other artists, if I'm focused on this other record label that's putting out cool music or cool projects and you know something that man i would like to do that then i'm not even focusing on myself i'm already hating at that point right even down to like the even niche 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 of breaking it i was just experiencing this in the philippines i got called out four times in the cypher um by fellow filipinos and a lot of the trash talking they were giving me was you're just an american or like the privilege thing you know you're that philam but I would cheer for them. And they're like, let me show you some real style. This is Pinoy style, Filipino style. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you're really good at that. So I guess I'll do the same thing. And then I'll add on to it with peace of mind. There's such, there's a heavy agenda on trying to make me feel bad in these battles. Because, of course, they want to win. Right? It's not even a cipher battle of technical skill. Because the resources we've had in terms of making progress and breaking are entirely different, right? I've had the privilege of being able to learn power move combos on spring floor, right? Versus this breaker that's only had concrete. And the technical advantages I have, I don't want this battle to be a metric of that. I can see that this battle is a battle of like willpower. Who's going to last longer in the cipher? And if it's not a matter of stamina, I still have technical it like advantages because I've been able to have a place where I can go jogging safely outside of my home. Um, I can still go uh, practice like the abundance of resources of circuit training and stamina training where this person just has ciphers, right? So I know my stamina is good, but this is a convert, a cipher battle of willpower. Who has the stronger mind? Who's going to give in to each other? Who's going to have that advantage? And in this scenario, understanding that context i just want you to do the best rounds you possibly can and i'll give my best rounds we come from different playing fields and i'll do my thing you do your thing i'll do my thing as best as i can and i want you to be the best as you can and no matter how much you want to beat me i'm just focused on myself and that's fine that's beautiful man yeah, I really want to thank you for that one because that actually answered a question I had. I was exploring over the past maybe four or five years in breaking, coming up in Texas. 
I feel like we were, I was always taught to be like really aggressive when we battled. And it was always like the really like, fuck you, I'm going to ruin your day to mm -hmm. win the mental game to get the mental edge on you when we battled. But then I started to notice as like, it was a person, I didn't like that anymore. And I think that you really like mapped it out very well and spoke on it very well of uh, like the intentions that you set when you enter competitions or even ciphers and cipher calls as well. I just want to say I really appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. And one of the things I've learned from one of my crewmates or that same pain management coach is uh, when we have this desire for the other person to win their own game as best as they can, one, you have peace of mind. And two, if you're in the scenario where they're projecting energy at you or they're projecting uh, hateful things to you or they're projecting anger at you in these battles, you, I, I now have the peace of mind because I want them to be the best they can. That after they let that out, you can just ask, you feel better? You don't have to like me. <laughs> That's totally fine. Because no matter how much you don't like me, I want you to have fulfillment. I want you to have health. I want your family to be good. I want you to be good. And I want you to have fun breaking. Um, but if you're still angry, you can let it out. That's fine. You feel better now? Okay, cool. Now it's my turn. <laughs> and then it's more of a reflection of where they're at in life, you know? So if you're thinking on the petty side, you can let them project. You can be the mirror for them and show them where they're at. And then you can still break happy and keep going with peace of mind that, all right, uh, I'm going to do another round. If you want to go another, you're more than happy to. We can keep going, but I'm still going to be in the cypher. That's okay. You can let it out. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> you got any more questions, Johan? Uh, no, that was it for me. Sick. These are yeah, great I, questions. I just want to be conscious of time, but... um. Yeah, I was wondering, Nico, if you had any questions for us. Uh, where are you taking this project next? Um, so I guess I'll give like more of a detail of like how I got around this. So when I was in my final year of college, so this goes back to like the frustrations of like why I started this that you're kind of like explaining in the beginning. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to business school and like not have to take on a second job. So I could like literally put all of my attention just to focusing on school, like internalizing everything I could about business school. Like at that point, and it still is like breaking has been like the one constant passion that I've had like my entire life. So I knew that I wanted to be able to like take my education and like give back to the scene. I didn't know exactly what idea it would be, but I just wanted to help somehow. The frustration came in was like, I was trying to look around for like, oh, like, are there any resources about like, or any blueprints that people have like left behind when they did try to like start some kind of like business or project within the breaking scene. I couldn't find anything unless if I just happened to know somebody mm. that like did it before. It's like, it's just like not public. You have to know somebody or like know of somebody in order to actually like, obtain offer information. So that kind of frustrated me. So that, that, that kind of like lit the light bulb in my head during that, uh, my senior years. I was like, wait, like, we should definitely have like a hub as like breakers or like dancers in general in the hip hop community where like we have like general business knowledge that is, I guess like general business knowledge and also like information about business that's tailored to like the hip hop community. So that's where I started. Um, and then I ended up reaching out to like a lot of breakers, um, giving them information about like what I've learned within business school, which is, yeah, it's it's not a lot. Like 
business school definitely teaches you like the foundations of everything within the business, but like it's all within like a perfect ideal like situation. You know, like it's never like you're never taught like okay, like there's this crisis. You know, like our POS system gets hacked, somebody steals money at our store. Like we never have to like confront scenarios like those. So like the information that I can give and consult on was like under very idealistic situations. Like oh hey, like um, here's like this particular metric that we learn within business school. In an ideal situation, you want this to be 1.5, blah, 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 blah. Like, it was kind of helpful, like, theoretically, but, like, practically, like, not the most helpful because, like, those ideal situations don't match real life. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up learning a lot more as I started helping more breakers about, like, what more practical situations look like, especially because a lot of b-boys and b-girls, when you're starting these projects, like, they don't have any money to play with. They have to be as scrappy as possible. So that already, like, that experience of talking to, like, just breakers already removed me from, like, the realm of, like, okay, if you ideally had, like, 5000 bucks, I would recommend, like, these things to start up with. Like, no, you have nothing. You need to, like, be as scrappy as possible. Get from just zero to one. So that happened. Um, probably the biggest project that I've embarked on was helping Coach Sambo redesign his entire website. He did spend a little bit of money. We, we made him spend, like, 50 euros in, like, Facebook ads, which is, like, very, very little. But... Over the course of that ad campaign and in redesigning his entire website, we doubled his revenue from all of the courses that he was getting from his breakthrough sites. So that's when I realized, like, okay, we actually have, like, a lot of potential here. So, like, over time, as time is passing, I'm getting more practical knowledge on, like, how to actually move the needle for a dancer to get them closer towards making, like, some kind of money off of, like, their passions for breaking. Um And then another project came along. I was talking to Kai, and at that point, he was filming, I forgot, movie, movement, media mentor. Mm-hmm. So it was like this course, yeah, about like how somebody could like basically do videography at like a very professional level and like do video editing, maybe along the lines of like stance or like whatever content that Kai makes. Um, honestly, that was like a very rushed job. Um, I think all of us set like the expectation like, okay, Like, within three weeks, we're going to build this entire course, somehow market it, and we're going to, like, get, like, a shit ton of money from this. And it was kind of like a train wreck. Um, yeah, Kai didn't break even until a year later. Like, I was keeping receipts in my emails of, like, all the students that were checking in. So that was, like, the biggest learning lesson for me was, like, yeah, like, in the breaking scene, even if you don't have much money to play with, you need to be consistent and be very realistic with like the goals that you're setting. I also talked to like another guy like a week ago where he was like, yeah, you know, like a lot of people create jams, they put all their money inside of it and they're gonna be like, you know, a hundred people are gonna show up. It's gonna pay off everything. I'm gonna make money. It's all gonna be fun. Like at the end of the day, you have to be really conscious of like wishful thinking and like how like realistic the goals are gonna be, which is exactly what you said. Yeah, hope is not a strategy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, after that point, um, when... Kai's course didn't go as well as we thought it would be. I also wanted to take a step back. So for those 1.5 years, I kind of stepped away from Breaking Boundaries, which is this project. I put a lot of focus and emphasis on my career with the intention that everything that I'm going to learn from like my day job, I'm going to put back into the community. So for the last 1.5 years, I've been working at a tech startup focused on digital marketing. So Um, on my day job, I make ads and publish them on YouTube, Instagram, like all the social media platforms. 
So learning about that specifically and also learning just like in general how startup culture was like, how the business was able to succeed gave me like a significant bump in knowledge where now that I'm coming back to this, I feel like I can help provide like a lot more context within the community. So going back to the question of like where I see like hopefully that breaking boundaries could be in the future, it's like not just me, like I want like a collective of everybody like within their breaking scene like their knowledge somehow whether it's a failure or it's a success like what are the lessons that we can take together put them into one central place so that if there is an aspiring breaker with like some kind of idea with a project doesn't matter if you went to business school or not doesn't matter if you're business savvy or not you can come here to learn so yeah that's a very beautiful thing man i wish you the best on that yeah thank you that falls into the big list of uh things i wish i knew and you're going to solve that problem that's a big list (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot yeah man that's exciting that's very very exciting Johan what about you what can we expect next from you in any specific areas that you were asking Uh, are you involved in the Breaking Boundaries project or what do you do as a creative I just hopped on with Conway specifically I was trying to focus more on the podcast I guess nice. in the far future in terms of dreamcasting I'm a big fan of the Mike Tyson hotboxing podcast so I'd like to partake in something of that form creating something of that in my own way someday some shape some form nice but uh for me that's like a more long-term project but uh this was like a first step that I hit Conway up was like this is something that I wanted to do and it aligned with what he wanted to do so here we are yep. <laughs> good it's that circle of friends man if one of us wins, then we all win. We got to make sure everyone's up. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you guys so much for your time. This was super exciting. Recording Thanks, has stopped. I feel like I learned like a shit ton of information that I could have learned in like two weeks in like one conversation. Nice. You're very well spoken. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. See my scars. <laughs> 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 Still learning, learning every day. I love that. Yeah. Thanks, Nico. Of course, guys. This is a great conversation. Yeah, let me know if you need anything else. I support you guys. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. All right. Have a great day. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. That was a great podcast. That was a great time. All right, let's post this. Thank you guys for listening. You can find me on Nico Spins on my socials. That was Conway, and that was Johan. Uh, I don't have Johan's Instagram, but Conway, he is found on Instagram at Conway Shoe, but the O in Conway is a zero. All right, guys, have a wonderful day and take care.